Are we, we hotel living right now? Hotel living, baby. I like it. Where, where are we at? Where are we where are we living? We are in a comfort inn by LaGuardia Airport. Oh shit. Um, a shithole hotel next to a shithole airport. Oh, that's right. On brand, for sure. On brand, exactly. All right. Do they do you have to take caution tape off the door before you went in? Uh, no, but there, I mean, there literally are like holes in the closet door. Uh, the hangers are too big for the closet. There's a lot, there's a lot of weird shit going on up there, but the internet connection is strong and that's all we give a shit about. That's all we care <laughs> about. That's how we do. Let's do this. Clap it off. Let's clap this motherfucker. Yeah. Ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 162 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, as sweet as a last second buzzer beater, most awesome. Ooh, we'll get into it. I don't want to bury oh, the lead yeah. before i get it but yes no well spoilers i'm just saying you're as exciting as a buzzer beater bro. thank you baby i like it i like yeah. it. yeah happy easter to you sir happy we'll get that other other gate Parted, potting on easter sunday I, I guess we've done that before we, yeah we, we've had sundays in place for a while now. for sure we 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 pot on the lord's day because on on the seventh day god said let there be mab let there be pot Yes, he did. Yes. And we took care of that. Uh, so what's that? We um, probably do this once a year. Hide the eggs. The girls like going searching for the eggs. What's up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the the eggs for sure. A little egg hunt. Kamish uh, yeah. Jr. now, that's he's taken the mantle and 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 run with that. And, uh, you know, he's all in on it. Uh, the girls, you know, they try and be deferential, make sure the little kids get the eggs too. So they're good. They know their candy's coming. They know they know where it's at. Uh, what's the what's their go to? Kamish at, at 2.0. They, they like the peeps. Oh, like like yeah. pieces eggs. They're 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 girls after my own heart. Uh, Kamish at is going hard on Reese's peanut butter cups. The eggs, she's digging them hardcore. Uh, 2.0. It's a grab bag. Oh no no no. 2.0 is blow pop lollipops all day or day. That's her jam. Yeah, that's that's good because there are two camps, right? There's camps yeah. that are like I like the chocolate, and that's kind of a camp. There's other ones just like you know, like I like the sours or like the sweet, like I like kind of like the other that other sugar, like kind of the fruity sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Kamish Junior, he he rocks the Kit got Kit Kat hard, chocolate. Oh, I want chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. bring it, bring it. Um, well, much like a Kit Kat, this podcast is gonna be sweet. There we go. Um, we got jam packed episode one sixty two. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing final four talk gonna jump into a little bit of the uh you hear about this you hear about this the yahoo headlines aka how will you be most awesome (laughs) uh we're gonna do a mad league update got a couple guests joining us from that mad league we're down to almost our final four there is a game three still pending which we'll get into uh do a neapolitan showdown we're doing top jingles slash songs from our childhood a little uh do a little singing to each other a little humming so oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, miss out on this last week. We'll jump into it this week. Brandon, a gambling corner with the NBA MVP odds, and we're gonna finish as we always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. You're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It's 
four games on saturday championship game on monday mm-hmm. not to bury the lead if you guys haven't watched those games baylor and gonzaga advanced i'm sure you guys are all aware of that that's true if, if this is the place where you're getting the updates for scores number one we're talking about games that happened a day ago and there's a day of editing this and then eventually you'll get to it a day later like right. maybe you add that into sports there might be it might be a you thing Check that yeah. Out. yeah yeah uh, so let's go back a little bit you did get to pop by the you saw the michigan you saw your blues go blue kind of go blue. Yeah. What went down in that game? Yeah. I, yeah, I saw both games. I saw Gonzaga uh, versus USC and um, uh, Michigan at, uh, or, you know, hosting UCLA. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was cheap. Tickets were like insanely cheap to go. So it was worthwhile to, to pull the trigger on that. But um, yeah, I learned a lot about Gonzaga watching them in person and UCLA watching them as they kind of face up with each other. Um, but our, 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 our boys from Michigan, they, they took the L in the elite eight lost by two on, on missing a last second three, three pointer. They had a couple cracks at it, missed them both. They just shot poorly, but credit to UCLA. I mean, they make you play their style of game, which is really like a controlled, slow uh, offensive pace. And, you know, they've got a couple, three guys that can kind of really kill you. Uh, Hakez, who didn't do much in the, um, in the Michigan game, but really stepped up in the Gonzaga game. Uh, Tiger Campbell, their point guard, who's very nifty, crafty. And then Johnny Juzang, who was like, I mean, he is there. Whenever they needed a bucket, Johnny Juzang is going to go get it. He was super impressive and really, really fun to watch. That's great. So you got to see kind of both of these. Let's jump in first. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about Baylor dominating Houston, but yeah. uh, the fact that you did get to see Gonzaga and UCLA, which was the game we had yesterday, and we'll get into like that buzzer beater at the end. But what is it about UCLA? What did they put together that had them make this run? What is it that we saw from them in the postseason against these, you know, these top, you know, 20 teams, the deeper you get in the tournament, the more talent you face. And they, I mean, like really holding their own as an 11 seed. What is it, what is it that has changed in the postseason from the regular season? Uh, I think they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're multidimensional and their, their ability to like switch. I mean, they've got like Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, um, Cody Riley, their center is really only like six, nine, but they all can kind of guard multiple positions. So they did a great job of like switching, playing defense and, they rebounded really well on the defensive end, um, but they they had they knew who who were their scorers. They you know they really fed Ju Zhang that whole playoff run, and Hakez played great. You know, kind of low post back to the basket. Um, they're just a gritty, tough team. It's it's really like they play well together. They know how to play basketball. I think Mick Cronin doesn't get enough recognition and the fact that he definitely like breeds a mentality within his players. They are not afraid of the moment. They don't give a shit about who they're going up against. And it's clear. It doesn't matter if they were 11 seed. They don't, they don't give a shit about that. Uh, and they will go out there and they will D you up and they'll, they will not bend to your style of play. You know, a lot of teams could have easily got them to go and like push and get into running, you know, playing a little, lot of control. They were super disciplined. They did not step outside of their comfort zone. 
And uh, I, I can't say enough about Johnny Juzang about whenever they needed like a clutch bucket, when they needed a basket that dude delivered multiple times in the Michigan game, a lot of times in the Gonzaga game. I mean, he was, we need a bucket. We need a score. Let's go get it from him. Hawk has, you know, played really well too at times. Sometimes he disappeared. Um, Cody Riley played great in the Gonzaga game for them. Got a little foul trouble, but that's going to happen when you go into overtime. Uh, and Tiger Campbell is like, is, is a great, I mean, he's a very small point guard. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's like going to the league, but for like a college point bar guard, he's like, he's, he's probably the best you could ask for because he controls the game. He's not afraid of it. He's not a great shooter, but he'll make timely shots when needed. So this UCLA team kind of making this run, you said go to the league. Are they going to run some of these guys back next year? I mean, are we looking at kind of uh, old school college basketball, keeping a team together and really gearing up for the postseason with this kind of like new, just rejuvenation of this program, like getting all the way to the final four? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the only one that has, should go is probably Ju Zhang, just riding this momentum of how well he's been playing as an offensive scorer. There's definitely a role for him. I don't know if he's going to translate to like a Kobe-esque player, but I can definitely see him as like a strong, you know, six man or uh, a strong, you know, rotational second or third banana who's going to be able to get you buckets. Haquez should probably come back. Riley should come back. Tiger Campbell definitely should come back. So I think a lot of guys that they have on here will, will come back. I don't know what their recruiting class looks like. So everyone drink, but um but yeah, I mean, this is good enough to to steer some of those heads in uh, in the other, you know, back to UCLA. Uh, so on the other side of the ball, you got to see Gonzaga live and in person. I mean, is this is this one of the better college basketball teams that we've seen like uh, like one seed in, like the last like you know five ten years? Yeah, this is a really complete team. Um, you know, Timmy uh, Ayaye or whatever his name is, their, their, their guard Suggs. We'll talk, I could talk a lot about Suggs um, and Kispert. They're, they're small forward kind of shit. These guys are really, really well coached. You can, it's clear that they play together for a while. They can, they can tell that they kind of, they instinctually know where everyone's going to go. They feed off of each other. Um, you know, it, they're just a really good team, really smart team. And they, you know, anything that you throw at them, they can handle pretty well. Uh, and they're versatile enough with enough shooting and, and size. They're not a very deep team. So that that's one thing that, you know, uh, we, I haven't seen their, their bench really kind of, I think Bernard comes off the bench for them, but I haven't really seen them with a lot of depth, but their starting five is as good as it gets in college basketball. So UCLA plays Gonzaga last night in the final four, uh, Gonzaga is a 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah. They takes it to overtime. Um, ends up losing it overtime. I mean, this is kind of like one of those questions, like, is it better to love and lost never loved at all? Like, right. would you prefer like getting just kind of stomped by that 14 points and being like, Oh, like it was real, real good run. Like we're never in that game or like how heartbreaking is it to lose on that? Like last second three from half court heaped up. I think you, I, I think I would always, cause we lost in that same, not, not quite that way, but uh, we lost on a heave that didn't go in. I, I would much rather lose that way, even though it's crushing, but it's like, Hey, we were, 
it wasn't just like a fluke. It wasn't just like this. We caught fire for two weeks and then we finally came up against the best team in the country and they just blew the doors off of us. So we really didn't have like that squad. We just kind of, we reached our apex for two weeks and, and that was it. I, you know, them going toe to toe with Gonzaga like that really solidified them as a really good team and, and yeah. maybe misseeded and, uh, you know, and maybe having some early, um, hurdles to get over, maybe, you know, got them out of the gates a little slowly, but this team was like peaking at the right moment. I, I think I'd always, as heartbreaking it is to, to lose on a buzzer beater three like that, uh, I'd rather lose like that than get the doors blown off me. You know what I mean? Just for my program's sake or my fandom. Yeah, it kind of makes sense just to hang in there. It's just like it really felt. And I always say that, you know, we talk about this, like overtime is a fucking dog killer. Like, I just, I really yeah. feel like heading, like, before overtime, like, happens, like, you're the underdog, like, you feel like you're in it, like, you're in the mix, and then once overtime starts, it's almost like the basketball game, like, people have, like, a, like, both sides have a slight second, like, cool, and it feels like the game's kind of starting over, and it's just, like, shit, like, we just fought for two and a half, like, two halves with everything we had, mm-hmm. we almost, like, knocked off the Goliath, and now, like, we're starting from scratch, basically, in this four minutes, or however long it is. Yeah, and it's it always kind of ends with a little flurry at the end, too. I mean, they call that that charge at the end of the game, which, I mean, yeah. you know, that I, I it, it's not a block. It's more of a charge than it is a block, but it's also like a no call, too. So, I, you is know. It, that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Look at it. Is it a no call? I thought that's what was kind of great about it is, like, they, the the defender forced the call. Like, yes. there's no way you were you – were, like almost on instinct, like probably before the ref knew what he was going to call, like he blows his whistle. Cause it's just like that fucking like, like contact happened. It's yeah. just like, shit. Like, what am I going to call? Like, I just can't let these guys like fucking bang into each other. Yeah. Just given the like final, like it would have been real. It would have been a shame if it, if they'd been in the bonus and it would have like put it on the, on the line for like a free throw. Like that would have been, so scary. Yeah. that would have been terrible, but that's one of those things where it's like, you know, guys just kind of swallow their whistles and let it go. You know, I think I'd rather, I'd rather always, if anything, I'd rather let the players make a play, you know, unless it's completely egregious and they just get mugged than you know, blow my whistle in that last, you know, in that last like moments to try and make a call that's going to decide the game. Cause if, it, that, if that's a block, it's game over. Yeah. You know what I mean? The call block that. And I, and I don't think that, I don't think that was a block. I think, Timmy was there. I think Juzang crashed into him. I think it was more of the right call than the wrong call, but I would have trended to just like, just put the whistle in your pocket. There's yeah, two seconds think, left. I, do you think that goes into it? Like on that chart, like, do you think the ref knows going to that? It's just like, okay, if a fouling situation comes up, if it's on, if it's on the offense, like I'm safe there. Cause ain't nobody going to the line. If it's on the defense, then that's free throws. And I'm kind of, you know, dictating this game. You think that's in his head? I, you know what? I never thought of it that way, but you, you got to think like just intuitively watching enough yeah. basketball, you got to kind of know the situation where you're at the score. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we love our refs to just be like automatons, just, you know, looking at it as without any context, but it, it has to play into it. It has to. Cause I mean, it's weird. Like you don't like, it's not super common and you think it would be just how physical a game gets at the end. That's not up in that close, but you don't really see a lot of people like at the line shooting for the win. 
Yeah. I mean, see people at the line, like trailing by two, like having to shoot two free throws. You see that, but you don't see a lot of just like the game's knotted up. Like there's 0.4 seconds on the clock and the guy's going to the free throw line to win the game. I just, I don't, I don't see that a lot. And you think you would, especially with how, you know, in a close game, how physical it is. And a lot of times now, nowadays, everyone wants to do like a step back three. You know, I think you even see less of it now. No guys want to put it on the refs to make that call and, and, and force the call. Guys are going to try and be heroes and and be Damian Lillard and shoot from 35 feet out and just let it rain, which never ends the right way. Hero ball. Hero ball. Um, okay, we'll get through this real fast, and then I want to talk a little bit about the preview for the game tomorrow night. Uh, I mean, Baylor just dominates Houston. Yeah. So Houston, there are, there are a couple close games, but, you know, that Syracuse game, it was a little close, like, you know, halfway through that second half, but then they kind of pulled away. Uh, have we heard the last of this Houston team? Are they on their way up, or did they just kind of, like, spike at the right time with the right crew? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it again. Houston's run, they didn't play any seed higher than a 10 seed in that yeah. tournament run, which definitely, like – would make me feel a little remiss if I was a Houston fan. Mm. Um, yeah, it falsifies the resume a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think Grimes probably puts his name in. I'm not sure if he's going to go or not, but I definitely think he tests the waters. Jero, who I loved, absolutely shit the bed in that game. I, I love that kid, but he, he played terrible for Houston. Sasser was amazing for them. They had a lot of transfers, so I'm not really sure what this team kind of looks like if Sasser and Grimes are gone, then I think this team is scrambling to fill in. You know what I mean? What do you think if I'm in Houston, I'm running the merch department. What do you think about a t-shirt that says like, it's grime time. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Like uh, don't look like a, a grime of passion. Crime of fashion, yeah. <laughs> just kind of come up there. Don't right. sasser me, boy. <laughs> We're kicking it around, but it is on record now. So if those show up on t-shirts, you know where it came from. TM, uh, okay. TM, everybody. Our championship game is Gonzaga against Baylor. Um, four and a half points. Gonzaga coming in as a favorite, which is crazy because they were like double-digit favorites, and they covered Gonzaga covered every game on like these huge like double-digit lines. Yeah. Up until the UCLA game, obviously yesterday. Um, but these are two one seeds. Uh, doesn't happen as often as you would think in championship games, right? But I mean, these are these feel like the two best teams in college basketball, and I think most people would agree, which is crazy because you and I talked about it, and a lot of people ripping off our takes because that's what people do. <laughs> Get your own content, hashtag Map Sports. But it's just like uh, we said, this was going to be a wild tournament. It definitely was. I think it uh, had the record for most upsets in like the opening weekend, like round one and two. But still, at the end, and when it all sifts down, we it did find the two best teams. So, I mean, is is the NCAA tournament style, can it still be trusted? Or is this thing going to get wilder and wilder like we thought it was as that gap between, like, these powerhouse teams and the up-and-coming teams, like, and the confidence from the up-and-coming teams seems to shrink? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's definitely, I think there's always going to be, like, a, a cut above. And I think the best teams will rise to the occasion you know, as proof of, of Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, but I think like the, you know, I don't think the days of like, oh, I'm a three seed are safe anymore. You know what I mean? I don't think it really yeah. matters anymore. So I think for those upsets and even for the one scenes that go, you know, Illinois going up against Leo Chicago, who we loved, it's like, you know, those are two really good teams and maybe a little bit of misseeding. I think what we'll see is, is hopefully they'll start to look at some deeper analytics aside from just conference and record and yeah. say like, yeah, just because you played in the MVC conference 
Like, the, in, you know, doesn't mean you didn't play anybody. You, you dominated and you're really efficient and the advanced metrics probably rate you a little higher. So hopefully, if anything, we get a little bit more accurate seating because I don't think like, you know, the, the you know, a, a uh, Rutgers team in the Big Ten shouldn't get a bump because the top end of the Big Ten is really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It should they should look at it as their own accord um, and look at that team and, and say, like, well, are they that? much better than you know than a uh than an albion christian or an oral roberts or some of these teams you know what i mean yeah so do you i mean how do you think so obviously the job of the committee is only going to get harder and harder as they're constantly forced to you know compare like apples against oranges like that's that's always going to be difficult do you think the misseeding is more of a thing of seeding like giving team more credit than they're due just because like uh, the program or what conference they're on, like bumping is, is the mistakes more of just like bumping up a team to a higher seed that probably doesn't deserve it. Or do the mistakes come more in the Loyola Chicago where it should be like, Oh, this team should be a little bit higher, but because like they don't necessarily have the same tradition as these other programs, like they're going to be an eight seed. I think there's, I think it's a little bit more toward the latter. Like I think, you know, if they won their conference and they dominated their conference, and they have some advanced metrics like Loyola Chicago, you should really look at them as not just an eight seed, but look to move them up into, I mean, maybe a five seed might be insane, but you know, they're definitely not going to, you shouldn't be going up against the number one seed right off the bat. That's a disservice to that Loyola team. Um, And I think, I think really what happens is they get screwed up when teams like Georgetown that shouldn't be in it, make a run in the big East. And then, steal a, an automatic bid from somebody that should have been, you know, deserving of that spot. So I think yeah. that's what really starts to put a little, you know, fly in the ointment of the, the seating there, you know, but, um, or like, you know, in, just in these cases, like, you know, KU didn't get a chance to like actually even play in their conference t- tournament. So there's like, that becomes a harder eval on it. So um, I, I think it's, I think they have to look at those teams that were dominant within their, you know, the, the mid-major conferences and, you know, give them credit for, you know, crushing the people that they played, being really efficient in, in some of the advanced metrics and not giving, say, like, um, you know, a Maryland who played, who is middle level in a tough conference, a little bump because, oh, well, they played in a tough conference and they would have been, you know, I, I think those days are, are over clearly as the way we've seen it in this tournament. So at the end of kind of the NCAA tournament, do you leave with a feeling of, you know, like next year, I'm definitely going to watch more regular season college basketball, or is it just going to be kind of wash, rinse, repeat and kind of, cause I do feel like by the end of this, like I know these teams now. So yeah. it'd be like, Oh man, this would be super fun, you know, to watch these guys play for another couple of months. Cause I'm like, I really know it, but it's still like, you know, I'm not going to turn on and see like Illinois, like on fucking big Monday playing like <laughs> stuff. No name team at the bottom of like uh Big Ten or whatever, and then like I'm just probably not gonna watch that. So is it has it changed for you at all, or is it just kind of like set like this was gonna be like conference tournament time? Like I'll start to tune in just in time to like really dig in and at least make a stab at a bracket. Yeah, I think definitely like for sure conference time. But I think you know what? I think hopefully this'll there'll be a little trickle-down effect um from guys like Jalen Suggs, who actually went and played. He could have gone and played in the G League. And decided not came to Gonzaga. And I think you could really make the case that, you know, he didn't take the money right away, but he probably made himself more money by, you know, um, probably elevating himself into a top five pick this year. Jalen Suggs 
is amazing, has played amazing, and really like in crunch time has showed on a national stage. I think that's going to be impactful to his draft stock. So I think in a roundabout way, seeing stuff like that, maybe some of the next, you know, you know, high school classes that are coming in there, they're sitting there going to go, well, I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to go overseas. Or I'm going to go to the G League where I'm not going to get any, any kind of recognition or it's not going to really help my stock. It, but I'll get paid though, but that's the, 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 you know, the, the immediate factor in that, but maybe look at a guy like Jalen Suggs. It's like, Oh shit, this guy played at the, on a, on the, on a high level, high basketball team, carried his team, made a name for himself. Same thing with like Johnny Juzang, like, you know, transferred last year, didn't have a great year this year, totally dominant, great run. Like there's still a lot of value in, in college basketball from that perspective. If you want to bet on yourself, and defer your income to try and prove your name on a national stage, the NCAA still has that. So, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying it's another option that I think everyone was start, starting to write off. And so if we see some of those kids making those decisions. Yeah, maybe I do start turning in because I'm like, I want to see these guys or I want to see Jalen Suggs a couple of times before he heads to the league because seeing him in person was like, I'm un, un believable watching that kid. He is wow. phenomenal. That's awesome. All right, uh, Gonzaga Baylor, who you got? Who you like? Man, the thing that scares me about for Baylor is, is that they have depth at the center position. They've got a couple big guys. The Chaka Chawaki, I can't pronounce his name. Forgive me, sir. He's a beast. Uh, uh, Vital is not that big, but he's solid and Flo Thamba. So I, I worry that they have some bigs and some size that if they lean on Timmy a little bit uh, and get him knocked out, because Timmy got into foul trouble towards the end of the game there, uh, for Gonzaga, if they get that guy in foul trouble, it's it could it's going to be a tough tough sled for um, for Gonzaga because they do not have they don't have size on the bench. Um, so Few's going to have to make the right adjustments. I think ultimately, guys like Kispert and Suggs they need to step up huge for uh, for Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga slightly. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a real good game. Yeah. I like this one. Look good. Um, all right. Train keeps trucking along. All right. New segment we've been doing. You hear about this? You hear about this? Yahoo headlines, which is turning into, uh, man, I just feeling straight up old. Um, <laughs> all right. We got through. We're going to fly through today. So I get these headlines from Yahoo, and then it kind of just, I'll read MA the headline, and it just, as far as a question inside of me, so we'll put him on the spot as we do. All right. Space Jam's new trailer is out. Ron James, long-awaited follow-up. Um, could a movie? Here's my question: hmm. Could a movie be so bad that we cancel LeBron James? Like LeBron <laughs> James wants to build a legacy, like he wants to be a brand. Could a movie just be so dog shit where it's just like, like the Lakers cut him? Like we don't yeah. want anything to do it. We never want to see LeBron James in a Gatorade commercial again. Like we are just over it. Maybe if he's like you know, finger banging Lola bunny before the game. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the only way it gets canceled. I don't yeah, think I mean, so, it would, man. It'd be no way. Yeah. It's just like, it's all set, but yeah, I mean, this movie does, does look, I mean, is this going to be fun for kids? I mean, are your girls going to watch it? I mean, probably no, gonna... I don't know who's going to watch this. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who's going to want to watch this movie. I'm not sure why we needed another space jam in our life. It's, it does feel like a little, like did, did, LeBron just want to be like, I just need to be Jordan as much as possible. Like I just need to yeah. recreate this history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause uh. I mean, 
it's yeah it's, it's a weird take because it's also like are the looney tunes still a thing at least when space jam came out like i think the looney tunes were kind of a thing at right. least they would come on like i don't really see like people wearing like the tasmania devil t-shirt they were still like they're still like a thing like tweety bird like just fucking like you know like on the uh the fucking four by four jeeps like the jeep cover on the back oh time. yeah yeah yeah. that's so, a good one yeah those are still hopping but now it's just like looney tunes kind of aren't a thing it just this movie just kind of already feels old and dated without seeing it yeah i don't yeah all the number of cgi like cool effects and getting these cameos and stuff like that no one cares no one wants to see this i don't i i, I kids are not like scratching the itch to see bugs and we didn't even really see bugs bunny in this did we in this trailer am i missing this uh, i think so yeah i think there was a second it's like one of the first ones when he turns to a cartoon the, when lebron james turns into a car spoiler alert oh when he turns to a cartoon like the first yeah the first animated cartoon character he sees his big yeah but, but they're definitely like it okay. definitely just feels like they're just trying to hodgepodge pop culture and just get kids to be like oh it's a cartoon and your favorite athlete like go watch them it feels like it's for like nine-year-old boys yeah it almost feels like it should be like a different cartoon i mean i don't know what like cartoon. it feels like lebron james should show up like in um like whatever that was it it's not minesweeper it's what's the one where you build all the you build a minecraft box. minecraft yes lebron james in, in a minecraft thing make a movie about that that right. seems like it's good people right. like if i came over to your house and to your girls i was like what's up doc and i was like what character am i would they have any idea they have no clue that's so great no yeah yeah and if you saw i, I thought i taught a tweety bird they'd have no idea <laughs> they'd have <laughs> no idea they'd be like it did brandana have a stroke what's going on oh my god that just reminds me of just like you know when your grandparents would talk about like the cartoons they saw and it's just like i don't know if black and white that sounds wild i don't know what steamboat willie what are you what's up grandpa <laughs> um all right other headlines steve mcqueen's contract demands for the thomas crown affair surfaced here were his demands in his contract the producers had to commit to delivering a set of barbells 200 pounds and a set of dumbbells 80 pounds to his dressing rooms while he was on location in boston and they had to transport his motorcycle wherever he was they also had to provide first class limousine and chauffeur for him and his wife and two children and a nurse and a car for him to drive himself along with paying for his secretary's salary her transportation and her lodging so oh. most awesome you become a famous movie star this is easy to picture yeah, what's the most bizarre so. thing we'd find on your rider um the most bizarre thing we'd find on yeah, or, my rider yeah or if you go big time what's kind of like the most like pampered thing you get into that contract that you sneak in there oh i'm definitely having them separate my reese's pieces for sure <laughs> separate colors color coded just to see that they're paying attention sure just to see that they're paying attention and that's not as bad as m&m because there's only three colors of reese's pieces yeah yeah i'm not a slave driver this is you know, insane yeah yeah um give me some fresh socks i want new socks all new the socks time every day okay every day they're disposable well, every day or okay if your socks are not disposable got it every day or all the time are we going through like multiple pairs no, no, no just just one day just one day i just want yeah. that crisp feeling not there's crazy. nothing better than putting on a new pair of socks like that you just that's bought a new pair of nikes that's a percent oh here's a question for you when you buy new boxers or like briefs, boxer briefs, whatever you're rocking you don't have to sure. tell the audience sure. um, or, or nothing at all wink yeah. <laughs> Uh, those go through a wash cycle before you wear them for the first time, right? Oh, 
no, I think I put I think I put them up just you know, straight up just rocking the soil, the oh. soil from the outdoors, man. Oh, look at that. I'm not I'm yeah. not fruity, but maybe I should. Maybe I'll make an intern well, wear my yeah, underwear first. Yeah, I think we'll like break them in. Yeah, my only concern was just like the maybe like the dyes they use or something could like start a rash. Then I'm kind of confused on why a rash is down there, and then we're <laughs> a can of worms. Then uh, I gotta then I gotta explain why my secretary must travel with me. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, uh, I put it on mine. I like I would I I want a sauna. I want a sauna just right off to the side of my dressing room. I want I want that rock. Oh, that's a I good call. Yeah, yeah like that's a good my, call. I like to get my swat on after we're done. Um, all right, last one. Former WWE star and Texas GOP congressional candidate Dan Rodimer on uh, running for a House seat. All right, if there was a famous athlete or actor that wanted to run for Congress, who would be most likely to get your vote? Ooh, uh, who? First off, who's Dan Rodimer for the WWE? He's WWE it, star. Who is he? Do you know this? Is this isn't like a guy from our era, or is this like a new up and comer? Uh, let me look right here. Who is Dan Rodimer in the WWE? Um, While you're looking that up, I got my yeah, answer. It's both actor and athlete. I'm going with the fucking Rock. Give me uh, the Rock all oh, day, uh, or day. Great answer. Great answer. Charming great answer. can give a speech. Fucking, it's gonna in- intimidate foreign dignitaries. Fuck yeah, give me the Rock. That's great. That's a great answer. I don't even want to go. Up. Uh, Dan Rodman. Is his like name? What I just needed this this question this this was just the vehicle to get us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I if you told me the Ultimate Warrior was fucking running for (laughs) Congress, I'd be like, well, hold up now. Let's see here. If he comes out in face paint, I might vote for him. Okay, so my and it's my my knee jerk, even though um, pretty religious, but Tim Tebow. I Tim Tebow just because I don't know if there's a more honest person in the public eye. So it'd be interesting to see someone that like. I would believe anything Tim Tebow says because he just like strikes me as like genuine and completely honest. So it'd be, I love it'd be it. really interesting to watch someone like that, like try to hold on to this integrity and like really push for it. Dude, uh, your constituency would run through a fucking wall for you. If Tim yeah, Tebow, he'd, he'd be firing us up. Be like, ah, ah get out and rock the vote. Ah, <laughs> like, yes, <bro." laughs> Do your part, pay your taxes. Um, and then I had Shia LaBeouf just because the fucking shit show would be oh interessante. Shia LaBeouf with extra juice would be yeah. pretty sweet. With a microphone in front of him all the time. Nuts. Shia LaBeouf would definitely drop secrets. Like, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd find out all the aliens all the time. <laughs> We'd know all about it. Yeah. Right, let's make this happen. Let's be area 51 and he would totally do it too i think he would think of it as in like an art piece we could oh, get yeah. this we could we could make this happen yeah him running for a uh, congress he would be an art piece it'd all be an art piece yeah yeah exactly i love uh, it all right um mad league season two update i got two two owners joining us we got uh owner jim and owner joe these gentlemen have met before but uh let's bring him <laughs> in yourself in a living room your pipe and slippers set out for you i know you think that it ain't too far 
first year uh season uh season two just want to kind of talk about we'll look into the matchup we're down to our final five teams uh three of them set for our final four for the conference championships with one game three uh that we still have left to figure out between the uh the celtics and the raptors before we get into that just wanted to kind of talk on the macro and i think joe we'll start with you um just kind of talk about and if you guys don't know Mab League is basically, it's a simulated basketball league. We have eight real people that drafted from 100 and like 20 of the greatest players of all time to put a team together. Uh, then we simulated a regular season and basically the playoffs shook out how we knew they would, where it's basically the eight of us, uh, the regular season decided our seeding and then we face each other in a best of three until it gets to the finals best of five. So that's that. Uh, so we have, you know, between me, uh, most awesome, Joe and Jim, four of the team owners here. But Joe, I want to talk to you if you could just kind of talk about what's the biggest change you made from drafting season one to season two. And there are things we added, like season one was basically, we just drafted and threw them in there. Season two, we incorporated, you know, a coach would actually weigh into your strategy. Uh, you could set your strategy, which is, you know, like defensive centric, like seven seconds or less, stuff like that. Uh, and then obviously we all set our minutes. But uh, Joe, from season one to season two, what's kind of the biggest change and kind of different strategy you went into when drafting the season two team? Oh, man. Well, season one, I went all shooters. I bet heavily on a modern game. And, uh, and sometimes it worked really, really well. And like when, when they caught fire, it was just it was fucking bombs from everywhere and then most awesome had just he just smoked me in the playoffs with magic johnson and i couldn't like it was that was the the legendary game where legendary people still talk about it to this right, day. exactly Across yes, the, the folklore at least one person still talks about it <laughs> i tell you this game uh he, but it was it was a nightmare because like Magic, it, it was something insane, like 15 steals in the first half. It, like, I think I had six possessions in a row that the ball got stolen. So this year, I, I course corrected, and I was like, I'm going with all ball handlers and rebounders. And I just loaded up on as many point guards. I mean, not like intentionally, but the shooting guards just went out so fast that there was like – no good shooting guards, so I just kept going with point guards. Yeah, Jim, this was your first year in the league. Uh, extended out the invite. I'm sure you kind of heard people playing last year. What was the your kind of thoughts of hearing what, like, just people talking about the league? Like, what was your expectations going in, and what has the reality been going in? Like, what are some things that lined up, or then what's the kind <laughs> of expectation you had that ended up being, like, what makes it fun or frustrating? Right. I mean, at first I was, I didn't want to tell, you know, fellow grown men that I was betting on video games you know? <laughs> and then skip like a week later. I'm like, I'm 12 point underdog, the audacity, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's really, it is it, definitely one of those things that, um, man, it improved a lot. Like the first time I watched a game, 
it's like, oh, holy shit, against all better judgment, this is fun. So, yeah, um, I had no idea going into the draft, you know, much of anything. I, you know, I, 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 you guys have talked about big point guards. That's something I never considered. Speed of players. That's something I never considered. I, after watching the Heat just roast people, and, and I'm like, man, Dwayne Wade is really, really good. And um, I, it just, I had, I had kind of no, you know, strategy going into it, and it was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. But that being said, it, you know, as far as the draft is concerned, it kind of worked out. And um, I was really shocked because I know some people, you know, as far as like drafting, it's kind of like kickers. Somebody reaches for a kicker like super early and, and you're like, oh, that's fine. I'll wait till the very end. And I ended up getting, you know, Silas, the coach, who's the only A-plus coach on offense in the yep. entire thing. And I got him in the 14th round. And I think that just, you know, that's probably why Allen Iverson is so much better than he was last year. You know, he's playing for an A-plus offensive coach. I mean, who knows? There's some kind of weird alchemy. Um, you never really kind of know for sure. But uh, it's it's super fun. Yeah, it's addictive. I'll do it again, too. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, I think that's the biggest X factor that we've seen is, is certain players enhanced by setting and coach. You know, Jordan has been the quintessential one. But I had Allen Iverson – last year on my team and he really didn't do much of anything for me now we had generic coaches and all of our play styles were basically balanced so it definitely is like amazing to see like ai in this next league like with a offensive minded coach and a seven seconds or less offense like be dominant and actually be unstoppable mixed with your team it's like really it's really interesting to watch like how those things uh can actually impact a player in this in this video game simulation so uh in terms of like what he said about what Jim said about being fun to watch, like my girlfriend twice has been like, pause it. I want to like, I want to, she's like, I got to go in the other room. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> like, oh my God, what a like, I, like when you like sheepishly look up, like I'm going to watch a simulated video game right, uh, and talk shit. She's like, she's like, Oh God, make me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. My question for you guys was uh Jim mentioned Oh. Uh-oh. That's here. I know. Start 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 over again. You, you you froze on us for a second. Yeah. My my question was Jim mentioned Dwayne Wade who was nails for me last year and then has been killing it for you this year. It was like if we had a Mab League logo, would that be Shaq or Dwayne Wade? Because I'd vote for Dwayne Wade. He's like Ooh. such a sneaky, like, not. Mm. Nope. This ain't going to work. <laughs> going to work. Clearly, clearly, God does not want you to <laughs> preach for Dwayne Wade here. You keep freezing. But yeah, no, I think that's an interesting thing. Like, Shaq has been super dominant at times has not not been in quite as dominant in year two as year one yeah. but that is a great question like what is like the map who's the logo for map league yeah i think it's going to take like three seasons to figure it out but that would be interesting because it's you know elijah Wan, um he was like runner up for the mvp but he kind of fell off this year a little bit yeah. and it's interesting too because it can't be like how people play it too like i mean my seven so i have elijah Wan, and my seven seconds or less like offense style and my shooters doesn't really lend itself for him to kind of dominate like like he did last year with that other one 
Um, you can talk a little bit about this MA too. Uh, you want to talk about just kind of your difference in strategy, like your strategy walking into draft the second season, what changed from season one and then mm -hmm. are you seeing it work? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I wanted to last year, I wanted like, I had David Robinson and Tim Duncan, Scotty Pippen, James Harden and magic Johnson. And I wanted like shooting on the wings from James Harden, but I wanted defensive players like all the way around. I wanted to just wreck teams defensively, but have like positional versatility where they can, you know, magic could, wouldn't be, you know, on the block getting posted up by anybody. He could switch to a uh, power forward if needed, needed be. Cause I didn't know like how it was going to work. So I wanted that this year. I definitely wanted, like I drafted on higher IQ because I thought I was going to go triangle uh, until I decided that I, I would go pace and space, just giving like all the speed that I have in Giannis and um, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and then Jason Kidd. Like all those guys had high IQ. So I kind of started to go into this, like, well, I'm going to go um, triangle, but I decided I was like, you know what? These guys are so quick and fast. And like the pace and space is all about like motion offense. I'm keeping people like moving. That I was like, if they, like if they get me to track me, which I saw a lot of guys, like you go seven seconds or less, Jim switched up to seven seconds or less. I thought a lot of people were going to go that direction and just try and run and gun. So I was like, I don't necessarily need to shoot a ton of three threes quickly, but I do want, if I get in a half court set, like I want to dice people up. And so that's why I went for cutters and like, and, and athletic guys. So Jim, uh, Jim is one of the people that probably had the biggest dramatic shift uh, mid-season on switching the overall offensive philosophy, which actually leaned into his coaching uh, bonuses, which is the seven-second with him using um, the Rockets. Jim, what were your thoughts after – so you started post-centric. You know, Wilt Chamberlain uh, was one of your top two picks. I don't remember if it was one or his two. Uh, were you like – after that first game, and it was actually against me, we did uh, Pelicans versus Rockets, were you like, oh, shit, like this league's going to be a nightmare. Like what did I do? Can I get my 50 bucks back? <laughs> or like were you, were you just like let's, uh, let's switch up just this offensive style and see where it goes? Well, yeah, I mean, with the, the players I had, I just, you know, I, it wasn't working. And so um, I went through and kind of just, okay, what does seven seconds mean? Because I didn't know. I'm not a huge NBA fan. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I decided on that. If it, it didn't work, I was going to switch to something else. Um, but it just, uh, I don't know, it immediately clicked. And, um, and I know that he's, that's the style that the coach plays. So and then Allen Iverson's so fast and some of my smaller guards are so fast that I thought it might work. And then just, you know, kind of got lucky to tell you the truth. Yeah. And it led then, itself to, you ended up with uh, Wilt Chamberlain getting the MVP. Go ahead. Right. And then, you know, there, I made a couple of little changes like um, Powell can't shoot the three and I don't know, this is actually a question. I don't know if this game gets like live updates, but you'll get just like in real life kind of, gunning for mvp right now or it, something yeah, yeah he is and so. and they do in like the game but when the league is set it doesn't it doesn't impact those it only goes based yes. on like if they're playing really well i do think it like attributes like a little bit of momentum that way um but not updating like their overall rank rankings because i i bet you from the time that they released that game till now i bet you Jokic is probably like a couple clicks higher than than what he showed up on this game. It's interesting because, like, you talk about like, does the does the real life influence the game? And I'm 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 learning stuff about the actual game from this. Not not like about the game of basketball as much, but 
like why are why are fucking shooting guards historically so scarce like right. there are a ton of hall of fame point guards and you go to shooting guards it's like all right there's jordan and dwayne wade and i guess we got harden right Clyde like, Drexler, gets, yeah yeah it gets real and i think it's also because like a lot is because for so long those guys were slashers and they weren't like real you didn't have guys who spaced the floor nearly as much and now if you can do that you're playing point guard uh so I don't know. Open, yeah open the floor here um jim and feel free to talk shit on anybody like when they get here because you're going to have to with this question but what's the most like who's your lvp so far this year and what do you think is going wrong with it just player wise on the court who's like a big time name that you've watched with some of the games and you're just like shit like that's that's way off like that that player's not landing like anywhere close to what expectation should oh well i hate to kick him while he's down but i think we we kind of all know who that is and that's going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. being just losing his mind because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar takes like four shots in a game. <laughs> I, I can't be right. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, and he wasn't stellar because Trent had, um, he won with Trent, but Akeem, he had Akeem Olajuwon and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kareem playing like in the, in the four spot, like stole the show. And, or excuse me, Akeem stole the show. Kareem was like a, an afterthought and just kind of defensive rebounder and blocking shots on the defensive end. He didn't really have a huge impact and certainly didn't score a lot. It, it's yeah. it's wild to see him not score like this. And I think that's where perhaps some of like today's era impacts a guy like Kareem because it's not like throw it in the post 30 times a game and just let him go to work. It's just, it just is not going to happen in this Where's game. Where's the sky hook? That's what I want to know. I, we've never, I never saw, I don't think we saw one last year either. I can't think of one. Yeah. Well, that's a good point too. Speaking of different eras, uh, Joe, looking at yours, like your top six picks, I want to say maybe it's the top five, but uh, are players that like aren't from this generation or active players right now. Was that a strategy you were thinking about going in with just kind of like this old school team you ended up with? Uh, and then when did you, cause you did get, you got swept in the postseason. Uh, what went wrong for this team? It was, oh God, what went wrong? Well, I ran into I ran into most awesome again in the postseason. He's he's like the Belichick to my Manning, man. Like I just Eli I kill Manning. it in the in my my regular seasons out of control. We both have dumb faces. Yeah. <laughs> Between us, we have a normal human right. forehead. Like he, what went wrong really for me was again, fucking turnovers and when the heat would get out and run my team completely fell apart also i i appreciate the kareem abdul jabbar thing the lvp is russell westbrook and anyone who says otherwise <laughs> is kidding themselves he's so unvaluable that i that he's a negative impact being on the court i had to take him off the court and then oscar robertson did his best russell westbrook yes <laughs> all it was like i don't know what happened my team had incredible ball movement everybody scored everybody was unselfish and then westbrook just poisoned everybody and they all started just <laughs> driving into triple teams jacking up like contested threes two seconds into the shot clock it was horrible uh what went wrong is we stopped moving the ball like you would think with three point guards on the floor ball movement would be just through the roof and it wasn't it was like completely selfish iso ball. It was terrible. Uh, we saw a lot of iso ball from James Harden 
Also, yeah. it's always where you guys are going to go with the LVP. Like that last game, like fighting for their playoff lives. Like it was, it's kind of crazy. Like I said it, like while we were watching like Bing's game, like now with just all the, the nuance of picking play styles and setting minutes and everything, like it feels like you got to get this right combination to unlock some guys. And it definitely seemed like, you know, like for example, like Carmelo Anthony, not to go back to my team, but it's like, I feel like if I made him a starter, then I would run into like a James Harden, like Westbrook ISO. Yeah like problem but having him come off the bench is kind of just the right amount of minutes to uh keep him exactly where we want to be which is kind of fresh legs and and scoring and kind of yeah that's fine when you're running up against that like that second unit and you probably don't have nearly the the scores that you have in your starters like it's great to have that one guy who could just take over the second quarter and then go back to the bench but when it's happening like the first three minutes of the game it just God, it got ugly real fast. Um, and I think that's something to say also too, like with your like rotation, because I think very easily Carmelo could have been a starter just based on like his ranking and like the prestige and everything like that. But you put him on the bench and you opted to like play basically shooters and Ray Allen and basically two shooting guards, Kobe, who's a little bit bigger of a shooting guard and Ray Allen to give a little bit more scoring and shooting on the court. And then pull out like a six eight Carmelo off the bench who can shoot but also can post up, yeah. and like and that's one of those things. But you also like ratcheted up his minutes to be basically like starters minutes. So you got this like perfect like mix of like him coming in when all the first subs are going out, because a lot of people did like rotations kind of like equals or like if I do this guy at 24 minutes and this guy at 24 minutes, I know they'll basically sub in for each other. So we saw a lot of that, but you kind of, you're like, I'm going to give my three or four best guys my the most minutes possible. And then I'll give, you know, Carmelo basically 30 minutes or so too. And it's, you have this like interesting rotation where you keep moving him through, but he always gets off on a good foot because he gets in the game against the second teams basically and gets a little scoring, gets a little rhythm, and then he's kind of off and running. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. And it was specifically for that reason that I put him on the second team, or at least, like, had his minutes less, is because I didn't want to run into the ISO problem, which seems like uh, a lot of teams have to go through this off. Um, okay, let's finish up with just uh, before we get to the Neapolitan Showdown. Um, Brothers Booth, love for you guys to judge it. We'll jump there, but real fast to close out. Uh, Jim, your Rockets up against my Pelicans. Uh, uh like, century. what what are your thoughts buddy what are, what are you afraid of like weakness wise or strengths of the pelicans and then where does your team have to flourish to uh, take this one and get into the championship well i mean kobe is a killer and i'm worried about kobe um and you know, sometimes it's funny, like this game, you, you mentioned James Harden uh, earlier. I know that's he's not on your team, but James Harden and another one's like Steph Curry. Like, I just feel like that they're not, they don't really play this game like, like we've seen. Like yeah. Steph Curry is averaging like 30 something from three. Like, no, he's like the best three point shooter in the history of the league. James Harden is a killer from three, you know, and, and I just don't feel like some, those guys are really playing like they act. I don't know. Anyway, I yeah, just, no, you're right. You're, I, and I would say threes have been a little weird this year. Like three points shooting has been a little bit down. We've seen a lot of like wide open missed threes that are like, ah, yeah. that probably should have gone down in real life. But yeah. Um, I think it's because we upped the difficulty level. Cause I think we talked about that like right beforehand. And I think 
I think the I think up at the difficulty level, while you know we all played Nintendo and whatever, you change difficulty level, and sometimes that means more bad guys. Sometimes it means faster bad guys. Sometimes it means like more shots to kill the bad guys. Like this seems like you have to be open, open and set to really get that percentage to go up. And the percentage really, we'll see it, you know, like even if a guy's like five feet away from the basket, if he goes up and there's like two defenders on him, he's double teamed, like he's probably not going to make that shot. Like right. it's going to miss like 99 out of a hundred times. Cause it's just like the computer's like you're heavily covered. Like the percentage on this shot is going to fall through. I think, I think there's more of a punishment of being guarded on the percentage with the difficulty level we're playing at. And I, I, and Jim, I wanted to say, I completely agree about the Steph Curry thing. Cause it's his threes off. And then there's just like a lot of like his, I know he has like inside game and obviously he can do it, but you're right. Like a, a lot of his threes, you see also like he'll come off an elbow and like not even set. And it was just like, it's just weird. It's like fading. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really see his, like his fuck his game doesn't translate how, how you see it, which we saw last year too. Like there's always going to be kind of guys that, don't fit and we always go back to it but to have it on the pod like jordan had a terrible year last year you know and right. this, this year so it's just it's just good to see it it's it kind of re like states that fact like you know harden probably isn't dog shit and there probably is a way to unlock steph curry but whatever system those guys are in right now like it ain't working like it's yeah. so the guys will probably drop a little bit in the draft but there might be a team that could like i think steph curry would be a different fit like if he was on my pelicans because i think like you know he get a lot more open looks and a lot more set shots i think, I think james what... go ahead no go ahead I, I think it's interesting that that we've complained about three different players who are like historically the greatest at at one thing like kareem abdul jabbar's skyhook is the unguardable right. shot like there's a reason why he's the all-time leader in points like jordan's playmaking ability is it it, it it couldn't be stopped you can't stop steph curry's shooting he'll just back up he'll go around you he'll do whatever and it's like i think in order to have like a a fun game you can't actually be as historically accurate in how good those players are in the game and be like well you just he makes everything it's like yeah that's what steph curry does he makes right. everything like that's I know kind of an interesting point because um as far as the last two games that I've watched with my team, um, to be totally honest with you, it, we haven't looked, my team hasn't looked dominant. The other team just shot like shit both times. It was just, they couldn't hit anything. And so I wonder if that my team's a little bit of a paper tiger. I could easily see the Pelicans just rolling us. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm still going to bet it. <laughs> your opponents to that virtual so strip club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Jim, Jim, I don't, I don't want to hear the sandbagging shit. So the line gets set in your favor. Like, don't, no, 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 I'm not gonna fall for any of that brainwashing. Uh, cool. Well, guys, we'll post when those games are coming up. Um, if you guys out there listening you want to join Mab League, uh, maybe we'll expand it out. Uh, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, it'll be a little bit before season three, and then also you can catch these games as we get to our final four and head into the championship posted on our instagram and it's a uh, twitch what is it twitch.com slash map sports map, map sports podcast there it is uh, all right you guys got time to stick around and judge the showdown yeah i, I got, I got playoffs, nothing man. but time nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> all right bring us to the jam so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye there ain't no good guy
Hi, bro. Um, Neapolitan Showdown. This week we are doing. Uh, you sent me a text message. You want to do like jingles, songs yeah. from our childhood? Yeah, just best jingles, songs from our theme songs, anything, anything awesome. that just sticks in our brains. Awesome. Because I was, I was literally, I was making the kids breakfast, and one popped in my head, and I was like, "This is this is a perfect Neapolitan Showdown. This is perfect. That's pretty good." Uh, okay, so I think uh, Emma talked about it a little bit. So you guys are free to play after we take a swing. And you guys can judge uh, heads up. You guys know how it works. Uh, but we will hum it. So I'll start. I don't know if you're going to know this one because this one might be local, but I put it on here because we got two Kansas guys that are going to be judging this. So I wanted to see if maybe they had heard this one. Okay, I'll hum it first and nobody will know. And then I'll actually sing the lyrics. We'll oh, sing. yeah. This is this is dangerous because you brought two people on for us to sing in front of Brandon. Right? <laughs> this is already so ridiculous. <laughs> 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 And anybody, there's no way. Is this a jingle or is this like a like rhapsody in D minor? It's uh, it's it's definitely a jingle. It's a it's a commercial you would hear on the radio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think. Okay. So. Okay. Soar with the eagle. Eagle out of Washington tailing salon. Soar with the eagle <laughs> once a week. Get your car so shiny clean. Lift you up like you have wings. Soar with the eagle. Eagle out of Washington. <laughs> so that was, did you guys have you guys heard that song? Do you guys know the song I'm talking about? I think I've never. Pretty- I've never. I'm gonna. I've never heard anything so crazy in my life. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Topeka. I think it's Topeka. <laughs> oh. it's a it's an odd well you you heard of the song. <laughs> it's a, it's so like, so this is our, top three of all jingles. <laughs> it's a Topeka song that none I'm of us just, have heard. I'm just saying I'm saying for me when when MA sent this, it was the first thing that popped in my head. And okay. me not having heard this song for I think like 30 years like i immediately just hit like hit every single lyric that's so funny this should be like like best picture oscars like we can't judge this until 10 years down the road i'll just be like soar with the ego (laughs) 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 that's so funny yeah that's Um, like local tv commercials are the best because they do stick it because when you said that it made me think of there was this car dealership and it was like, here, dog, come on, dog. Get your dog down to Telegraph Road right now. Get a good deal. And it's like, I don't know what the 17th Amendment is, but I could sing that verbatim. Um, I was an advertising major and they the unfortunate reality of a lot of this stuff is that even if it's annoying, the number one thing is memorability. Like if it's, it, you know, an earworm that like sticks with you brandon you knowing every one of those lyrics now i mean like yeah that guy deserves a grammy whoever wrote <laughs> right? that goal, it's just right. like like or, maybe, or <laughs> maybe a bullet in his head <laughs> a, a lot of grammy winners deserve both uh all right, in, all right. In a, that's i'll go doing. i'll go i'll go with my uh my third because this is this it's a Juicy fruit is gonna move ya. Juicy taste gets right to ya. Juicy fruit, it's gonna taste it, taste it, 
move, the taste of taste yeah. of taste it's gonna move yeah the I funny didn't... thing is is i looked up the lyrics because i couldn't remember the move uh, the take lyrics. a sniff take a sniff out. pull it out yeah that's <laughs> crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take, a take a sniff pull it pull out. it out the whoa. taste is gonna move you when you pop it in your mouth whoa. i could be talking about gum i could be talking about macaque yeah, yeah, I think that's probably by design. It's yeah, little, you know, it's uh, certain parts of your. All right, so hey, Brad, who, could you who, who please stop product? pitching ass to mouth jingles <laughs> for every product? <laughs> no, it's just he had that on a hard drive for like pornography, but he's just like, oh, yeah, got, they need a jingle for juicy fruit. It's just like I, yeah, I guess you guys can have this. I didn't. Got so we got this. we we brought in Chuck Berry to to write a rec uh, for juicy for juicy fruit. HR would like to see you. It's like, well, this this is work. I was I was doing work. I said, take a sniff, pull it out, baby. <laughs> I do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, this is the, uh, the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, I was gonna give you points, but then you brought up Chuck Berry, and you reminded me of the real thing that sticks in your brain. And you, can't <laughs> you can smell my faults. All right, how do we score it? Who who wins that round? Well, I mean, I think we, I think we got it from just humming, and also we've heard it. So I <laughs> go to MA. Right. I'll let Joe figure out the points. Uh, it's uh, five sticks of juicy fruit. Uh, five five points for most awesome. Beautiful. All right, All right uh, second round. I don't think there's any lyrics also. This is it. That is the song. You did a lot of research for this, didn't you? You guys are going to feel dumb. You're going to feel dumb when I reveal it. I mean, I already feel dumb. Does it? Is it? Is the the is the sound do or is it like ding or bong? No, or this bong? is this like this is a direct. Do, 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 wait, wait, no, do it bong, 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 bong. Okay, now I know it. I'm doing I'm doing an exact like this is what you would hear if you were watching the. Do, 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 do. I don't know. It's catchy though. I'll tell you that much. What is it? It's from the Nickelodeon show Doug. Oh, yeah. As a Gen Xer, I didn't really uh, watch too many Doug right. shows. Doug was it was, was the the cartoon Doug famously brought to you by Eagle Eye Car Wash? <laughs> wow, I was, I was really I, I expected that to be like a needle scratch there, and everybody's just like, "Oh yeah," and the reaction <laughs> like and like Doug, and just like three stone faces on this Zoom call, like fascinating. I really hope the creator of Doug listens to this podcast and just. Just feels the shame wash over him. When yeah, I like, hope it's from Doug. I really hope there's someone listening to this podcast that is in line at the Eagle Auto Wash in the Tailing Salon Center, and it's just like, wow. Oh, I'm ta I'm definitely tagging Topeka in this for sure. <laughs> we're we're getting some Topeka eyes and earballs on this. Um, okay, so Doug, admirable, yes. actually good. You know, Doug man. I think my brother watched that a lot. He really liked Doug. Wore his underwear outside of his pants. I know Doug. Yeah, no, he didn't always do that. You know what? Sing your song. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Um uh Oh, Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Dance your cares away. 
stories for another day. Let the music play. Let the music play. Down in Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Yeah, it's so good. Fraggle Rock fucking rules. Yeah, man, what a great kids show. You that know, was a, that was a great everybody watched that show. You sing that, <laughs> everybody knows what's going on. <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of Fraggle Rock. You didn't watch a, okay? Too many. The Doug Marathon was on too. Yeah, too got, I remember I one watch. episode of Fraggle Rock where the guy got uh, he he got uh, he got a wish granted, and he wished that he could fly. And it's like great, but you can only do it three times. And like he kept like the first two times he kept trying to get people to see him fly, and nobody would do it. So then the third time, he just flew for himself. Had a great time. Whoa. No one ever knew he could fly. Look at what, that. A, what a lesson. That's a, yeah. And what Doug do? Just wear his underwear outside of his pants? <laughs> he did as a as a goof. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, man, I feel like Doug because nobody's watching me. <laughs> uh, just real quick aside, feel free to edit this out. But then Fraggle Rock, you had the Fraggles and then you had the human with the dog. But then yes. you also had the gigantic Fraggle things. Yes. The, the huge Muppets, the like nine foot tall Muppets terrified me as a child. Yeah. Didn't like that at all. I just wanted to know what those like crystal like architecture things that they were building tasted like. You know how they like they and they ate all the like the crystal things. I just wanted to know what how how good could that be? It's a deep well, Fraggle Rock pull. I'm sorry. No, moving on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is not how do you guys score it? <laughs> What's the score? Uh, well, okay. They're they're both they're both kids shows. Hold on, give me yours again, Brandon. I still it's still not sticking. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I wasn't. Just accumulate me on my own pod. Copy that. It's not like you were. It's not like the entire like canon of the Doug show was all of a sudden gonna pop in your head after I sung that song. You didn't know the show beforehand. Didn't know it now. You know it now. Yeah, I gotta go with uh, Fraggle uh, Rock on this one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, could be a clean sweep here. Could uh, be a clean so. okay, sweep. Well, this is this is the classic. Guys, we'll all get this. Um, do 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 do. I want my baby back, baby back. <laughs> baby back. Baby. <laughs> I know that one. I don't like. I don't care who you are. Like you know this, and you have sung it by yourself, regardless of your views on chilies. I think. Don't we have a few? Jim, did you work at Chili's? Joe and I both worked at Chili's for years. I feel like that you probably yeah. knew that. Oh yeah, <laughs> subconsciously. Landed the crowd a little bit. Yeah, yeah every- Jim, did you have to throw on the four years? <laughs> right. <laughs> you could have. You could have been in high school. Yeah, it's not like a, you just like left your shift night to come on this. No man, oh. I was I was a career Chili's man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Applebee's. <laughs> Uh, never yeah, never eat good. the blossom. Oh man, that's it. That had to work. Well, if you do, I, pull, put it, pull it out, give it a taste, and take, give it a sniff. Take a sniff. Put it in your mouth. A <laughs> pop. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people even ended up ordering those baby back ribs because of that song, at least. Yeah, at Heimer. for sure. It helped, it helped differentiate itself from Applebee's because for a while those were just kind of like two peas in a pod. It's just like, what's the difference? And it's just like, I don't. One's got an apple. Like everyone's like chili. Yeah, I don't know. Like one has like the thing. Barbecue, barbecue sauce. How many times you guys? You guys are both servers, right? Yeah. How many times did people sing that at you yeah. when they made their orders? That got to been nuts. 
care. I mean, it's kind of like being from Kansas and saying somebody saying, you know, something about Toto. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna have to live with it for the rest of my life. (laughs) It was that bad. It was like an entire every time you sat at got a table sat. It was like a Neapolitan showdown where they're like singing it at you, and you're like, I just gotta suffer through this. I'm gonna give you your fucking order. I don't know if anybody ever saw the movie Waiting, but there's the one girl who's super happy until she walks to the back of the house and then her face yes. just drops. That's what it Alana like. Alana Ubeck, right? That one, right? Yeah. That, that, yes, yeah. That movie was so accurate, it was like a fever dream. I couldn't yes. I, it's weird. I Waiting. said the exact same thing last night. Yeah. <laughs> like word for word, like quoted exactly what you just said, Jim. Yeah. Like fever dream with what he he's been stealing my material for years. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Very here's good. your top spot, most awesome. All right, reading rainbow. Yeah, it's in a book. Take a look, rainbow. Reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Meet me up here. Go, people to know. Reading rainbow. rainbow, reading rainbow. All right, let's get this fucking, fucking train wreck over with. Sure. Yeah, chilies, chilies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys, you, you fucking illiterate. You get five awesome blossoms. <laughs> that's perfect. And that's worth three thousand grams of fat, which means <laughs> brand new to the winner. Perfect. Come from behind. Pulled it out. Hail Mary. I can't. Right, no um, keys. 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 Keys on Van Nuys. Yeah, so I, yeah, that's true. But it, it's not, it didn't sit with me in my childhood. That's the thing. I, I, wrote, I, a, I wrote a sketch at the Groundlings once about the O'Reilly Auto Parts jingle. Oh, shit, and, what's it? Oh, 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 O'Reilly, O'Reilly yeah. Auto <laughs> Parts. Auto Parts. It was as big of a like disaster as the Doug reference. <laughs> It was met with equal silence. <laughs> no audience has ever hated anything ever as much as that. You may have gotten the you might have gotten the windbrain in it, but you also got a rib punch from Joe on that. <laughs> Chopped you down. He's just finding new inventive ways to bring up Doug again. And he's just like, hey, in case anybody forgot, I too have suffered silence like your Doug thing a few seconds ago. Feel free to hit that rewind button 45 seconds ago. Or just take this dish I'm serving up again. In case you want to read here. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, no time for Brandana Gambling Corner. We'll push the MVP again. Content, you guys. Uh, MVP of the week, who you got most awesome? Uh, I'm going to go Charles Barkley. Chuck's been killing it on the broadcast for uh, TBS and TNT and all that stuff. They're, they're uh, great. Just great. I will, yeah, they do anything. Uh, I'll go um, Roy Williams, retired oh, yeah. this week. Um, three, three tournament wins, nine final fours. Nine APC regular season wins, three tournament wins. Uh, yeah, just uh, you know, one of the legendary coaches. Top 10. I've waited on him many times. Sure. Um, all right, guys, this has been episode 162. Want to thank uh, Jim and Joe for jumping on. Guys, shoot us an email, mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Definitely check out our Twitch, mabsportspodcast, to check out Mab League season two. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Pod tails, Mab woohoo. Oh, fuck, I fucked it up. Damn it. She works. Boys. Parties. Style. 
Fame. She likes fashion. 